Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. But we're in a, we're in a series called Culture Clash, and it's really just about um, there is a culture in Awakened Church that's very different than the culture of this world and in a lot of cases in the culture of, of other churches. And um, one of our core values, this is from the heart of Pastors Jurgen and Leanne. We have seven core values as a church. If you go to DNA, you'll hear all about them. One of our core values, meaning the things that we hold most dear, one of those values is push. We're a church of prayer. Like we live by it, we die by it. We are a praying church. So what Pastor Marco preached on Sunday was really kind of why we pray. If you remember, if you took notes, remember point one was that prayer incubates the prophetic, remember? Prayer incubates. When the Holy Spirit gives you a word, a promise, a dream, plants something in your heart, it's actually prayer that incubates that to be. Then he talked about how prayer shifts a region the reason that we're going to see all those things that I just prayed for, lower divorce rates, lower, the reason is going to be because we're a church of prayer, period. In Exodus 17, Joshua was down in the valley. He was doing the fighting. He had the sword. He was in the valley actually doing the hand-to-hand combat. But the battle was won on the mountaintop with Moses having his hands raised. If you know the story, whenever Moses' hands began to fall, the Israelites began to get pushed back, and they couldn't. But then when, when Moses would you know, kind of shake off the fatigue and, and get the rod of God back up, then the Israelites would press forward. You have to have both. You have to have people in the valley fighting. We have to fight. We have to actually do the hard work. We gotta have boots on the ground. We gotta do things. But that's not where the battle is won. The battle is won on the mountaintop in devotion and in prayer. And so Pastor Marco talked about why we pray. And in push part two, we're gonna talk about how we pray. How we pray. You know, if you've been at our church for any length of time, we talk a lot about authority and the power of your words and speaking to the enemy and uh, strongholds coming down with the power. And I think it can sound almost a little mystical, like, you, you know, we abracadabra cast spells. And, and it, it seems maybe a little just weird that we can just speak to these principalities and disband the, but it's really not that far-fetched at all. And a lot of times I, I feel like the, the enemy tries to, confu- to make you think that the things of the kingdom are confusing, and they're not. They're very simple. Like when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, people get all bent out of shape about that. Man, God's so mean. How could he do that? I mean, you're telling me like some people make a bad choice and all of a sudden they have to die and then you, the devil will just spin it all, make it up. But it's not complicated at all. It's actually exactly the same way that our society works. If you break the laws of our society, you will owe a portion of your life in the form of time. You'll go to prison, right? And if your crime is grave enough, then you will owe all of your time, which is by consequence, your life. It's not far-fetched at all. It's really exactly the same way that things work here. The wages of breaking the laws of the land is death, right? Same thing with all of this authority prayers. It can sound mystical and crazy, but it's really not far-fetched at all. I wanna look at just kind of a, 
an example of how this works itself out in, in just normal, everyday life that I think is an excellent teaching tool. So who here, I mean, hopefully it's everybody, loves weddings. Weddings are the best, right? I mean, come on. Everyone's dressed up. There is love in the air. Spirits are high. There's free food. There's alcohol. There's dancing. There's literally nothing to not like about weddings, one of my favorite things. Love it. Love going to weddings, okay? And one of the things that um, is said at a wedding, and I have performed weddings and said this very same thing, is when you get to the end of the ceremony, the minister, the pastor will say, by the power vested in me, by the state of California, I now pronounce you, man and wife, you may kiss the bride. Yes, very good. You also have been to a wedding. Now, there's actually something deeply profound in what the the pastor says. By the power vested in me by the state of California, I pronounce you, man. And, you know, we've all heard it a million times on movies. You kind of, but there's actually the exact principle of the reason that we can pray with authority is found in that one sentence. Okay? By the power vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you man and wife. So I want to look at that sentence. By the power. What is power? Why does it matter? You guys have probably heard me say this before, but I just can't help but get a little nerdy every now and again. Power is not fairy dust and magic spells. Power is something we measure in physics. Power is actually a quantity in physics. It's a very natural thing, okay? So in physics, just go with me for a second, um, the quantity of work in physics is a force applied across a distance. So if I take my Bible and I apply a force from here to there, in physics we would say that work was just done. If you carry groceries from the bottom of the stairs to the top of the stairs, you have, you have done work. Power is the rate at which work is done. If you run up the stairs with your groceries, you have done it more powerfully than if you just walked up the stairs, okay? So the definition of power is how fast work gets done. Come on, we're a church that's fresh, real, and powerful, okay? And it's not mystical and fair. It's literally we get stuff done faster because we believe in a God of power, power. Getting stuff done fast. Listen, Years ago, I was, um, I was diagnosed with uh, something called acute Epstein-Barr virus, and it's an autoimmune thing, um, and it it's sucks. Like, your lymph nodes swell up, it's super painful, and you're, it's, it's basically mono, but for grown-ups and lasts a really long time, and I was just tired all the time, was beat down, and I tried everything. I mean, you know, my wife is literally, she was rubbing essential oils of all different, I smelled like, you know, just the most earthy, yes, person in the world. And it was like, try, try the diet this, and what if we change that, and supplements this, and supplements that. And all that's great. All that's great. But I was in a worship service. And, and for, for years, the, the lymph nodes in my armpits just hurt. They hurt all the time, every day. Just was sore, just constantly, every day. Katie remembers, I complain about it all the time. And I remember Pastor Leanne was preaching 
And in the middle of, of this worship set, while she was, was kind of thundering away praying for people, she just said, if you're in here and you need healing, I want you to lift your, arm, lift your hands. And I remember I lifted my hands and felt no pain for the first time in years. And literally went away in an instant. Haven't felt anything since. That's power. That's power. Getting a lot of work done very, very quickly in an instant. I was healed after months and months and months of supplements and oregano oil and all kinds of smelly, stinky things. And, you know, that's power. Getting stuff done really, really fast. That's what we want as a church. We want power, okay? What, and listen, God bless therapy and biblical counseling. Like, that is, that is a gift from God. But I would rather... God shift things in a marriage in an instant, right? Break down walls of bitterness in a moment. Heal people's hearts. Break generational curses in an instant than months and months and months and months and months of therapy, right? Come on, that's power. Getting stuff done really quickly. That's why we want power in our church. That's why we're a church that's fresh, real, and powerful because it's getting things done. So the minister at the wedding says, by the power vested in me. All the Spanish speakers know that vestir means to wear, right? That's where that word comes from, vested. It actually means to be clothed in. So what this pastor is is actually saying at the wedding is, by the power that I am clothed in, okay? By the power vested in me. Isaiah 61.10, it's gonna be on the screen behind me, says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. You wear a supernatural uniform. If you're in here and you're a Christian, in the supernatural, you are wearing a uniform, okay? Now, I used to live um, over by the, the amphitheater. I don't know what it's called anymore. It's gone through like 19 million different names. I think maybe now it's the North Island Credit Union Amphitheater. You know, I don't know. But I used to live over there. And anytime there was a concert, it was a little annoying because I had to go left to get to my house and you had to go right to get to the concert. There'd always be these huge lines. And I just kind of wondered one day, like what would happen if I just got out there in street clothes and just started directing traffic like <laughs> I'd get run over right? Wouldn't last very long. But if I was wearing a uniform, everybody would listen, right? Because the uniform signifies authority. And it's interesting if I were to go up to Jose Rubalcaba's Ford Raptor and put my hand on the hood and push as Jose hit the gas pedal, I would not be good. It's got more force than me. It's got more power than me, right? But it's amazing how if Jose's Ford Raptor is coming at me and I'm in a uniform as a police officer and I hold my hand up, he stops, right? It doesn't matter the force difference between us, the, the power difference. What matters is the authority because of the uniform that I'm wearing, okay? Imagine a police officer that doesn't exercise his or her authority. It's one thing to have authority, 
It's another thing to exercise that authority. What if there was a police officer that was just posted up at a liquor store, or I don't know, standing there, supposed to be watching out and stopping crime, and, but then, you know, the bad guys come in and they just notice that every time they steal something and pocket some, you know, a payday candy bar, that the police officer doesn't do anything. It's like, oh, okay. Next time they go in, I'm going to take a payday and some Skittles. Tropical fruit flavored Skittles, you know. Police officer doesn't do anything. Next time, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting some go-go taquitos too. Start just loading up with stuff, right? Because this police officer is not exercising his authority. Even though he has the authority, he's in the uniform, he's not exercising it. And you begin to realize all of a sudden you're going you're gonna to tell all your criminal friends like, hey, I'm telling you, this guy out here, he may be here in the uniform, but he's not doing anything. Do whatever you want. Take whatever you want. This is going to hurt a little bit. There's some of you that the principalities that have been assigned to wreck your life, you have a reputation. I say, don't worry about him. Don't worry about her. They're not going to do anything. Don't worry. Do whatever you want around them. Because you aren't exercising your authority. But all you have to do is realize that you are vested. You are clothed in a robe that signifies that you are a child of God. That everything that you say, every dark thing that has come against you has to listen to you. Because you have been given authority by the power vested in me. Okay, you wear a supernatural uniform. And every demonic force, every host of wickedness recognizes it and has to submit to it if you exercise the authority that comes with the uniform that you wear by the power vested in me. By the power vested in me, by the power that I am clothed in. And then the pastor says, by the power vested in me by the state of California, Illinois, whatever, right? Power and authority have to come from a governing entity. Same thing with the police officer, right? You can't just go to Hobby Lobby and buy a Halloween costume of a police uniform and think that, that, you know, you may fool somebody for a couple minutes. You get out there with a hairdryer and pretend like you're radar gunning people, get them to slow down. Like, you can't do that, okay? Because you're not under any authority, right? The authority and the power have to be bestowed upon you. You are an agent of that authority, has to be bestowed upon you by a governing authority. In Luke chapter nine, verse one, Jesus said, uh, he called his disciples to them and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So Jesus is the king, right? He's the, the source of authority, the head of the governing body of the kingdom of heaven. And so because he is the king, he can bestow the power and authority. So Jesus said to the disciples, I give you power and authority. It's important that he said power and authority. Not just power. He said, I give you power and authority. Now that they have been given authority, it means that they can then pass that power on to others, right? Power and authority. If it was just power, then they'd be able to go and, and do all the things. But he gave them power and authority so that then they could pass that authority on to anybody aligned under them, right? Submitted to them. It's Jesus' way of dispensing power through the church, through alignment, 
He gave them power and authority. And, and again, this, this, isn't, this isn't far-fetched. There's, there's a lot of things that, that operate this way. Think about, um, think about electricity. Electricity, there is a source of power, and then there has to be a conduit for that power to be transferred from one place to another, right? The actual conduit in and of itself has no power. It's just the mechanism of the movement of that power from one place to another. We are conduits of the power, not the sources of the power, right? We are conduits of the power. And the amazing thing about electricity is it's indiscriminate. It doesn't care. It will move through whatever is the most conductive. It doesn't care. It doesn't ask every copper wire, how long have you been a copper wire? Are you a leader of other copper wires? Do you tithe one-tenth of yourself to the copper, you know? doesn't care. Electricity is indiscriminate. It will flow through whatever is the most conductive. That's why birds can sit up on power lines. That's why they don't just get zapped. Because the energy is going through the metal conduit, and when the bird sits there, the, the, literally the electricity gets to the bird and says, what's more conductive, this bird or the wire I'm currently traveling in? And it's the wire, and so it just keeps on going. That's the reason birds don't get zapped when they're up on power lines. If you didn't know that, there you go. That's how it works, okay? Electricity will go through whatever is the most conductive, the power of God will flow through whatever is the most conductive material. So my question for you is, are you conductive? Are you conductive? What does conductivity look like as a believer? There's some holiness, ouch. Holiness, personal holiness, consecration. Faith, obedience, alignment, desire, hunger. Those are the attributes of conductivity in the kingdom that attracts the power of God. And listen, if you, if you get sick of hearing this, then you might need to go find another church because you're just going to hear it over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's the reason that we talk about our men's and women's prayer meetings all the time. Because it is a mechanism of consecration in your life. Yes, it's early. It's early for me. 5.30 is just as early for me as it is for you. And I'm going to be honest, I'm the pastor. And I don't wake up at 4.30 just like, I'm so pumped to be awake. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. But that's a life of consecration. Every single week. Every single week. I have to, listen, I was having dinner with Pastor Marco and Pastor Natalie and Pastor Stacy on Monday, and they know. At 9.15, I was like, hey, we're having fun, but I'm gone. Bye. I'm going to bed early because I'm getting up early on Tuesday morning. I'm going to work. Right? I don't show up to men's prayer and sweatpants, and I show up dressed because I'm ready to go to work. It's a, a mechanism of consecration. It's, it, it's a, it makes you conductive. 
it, 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 it's you begging for the power of God. It makes you conductive. A life of consecration, a life set apart. That's why the way you treat your finances makes you conductive. It's you consecrating yourself, your life. Listen, anybody that says they don't care about money, that's silly. That, that's, 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 that's not good. Your money is tied to your single most precious resource, your time. That's how you make money. Okay, Every single one of us on some level or another exchanges our time for money. And so to say that you don't care about money says, I don't care about my life. I don't care about how I'm spending my most precious resource, which is my time. Most of you spend more time at, with your coworkers than you do your kids. Okay? So, of course, God cares about how you spend and give and keep and steward your money. It's a mechanism of consecration in your life. It makes you conductive. If you live open-handed with your finances, it begs the power of God to flow through your life. How conductive are you? I want to read a little passage of scripture out of Ephesians, and I love it out of the message version. It's Ephesians 1, 20 through 23, and it says, all this energy, electricity, energy, all this energy issues from Christ, comes from Christ, is issued by Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. The church is the mechanism for God's dispensement of himself in the earth. And so the amount of God that we find in the world is a direct reflection of the conductivity of the church. So instead of whining and complaining about all the wickedness, all the evil, Get more conductive. Be more conductive. Let's be a church that just demands the power of God flows through our life. Instead of whining about the way things are and how things can't change, yes, they can. The church is the mechanism for God getting himself into the earth by the power vested in me by the state of California. I now pronounce you man and wife. That's how it works. That's how we pray, by the power vested in me. By the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, I declare that no pestilence will befall my household. I declare that nothing comes against my marriage. I de that's how it works. By the power vested in me, by the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, I declare that I'm blessed to be a blessing, that God's hand is on my finances. By the power vested in me, by the King of Kings, by the Lord of Lords, I declare every generational curse operating in my life is broken right now in Jesus' name. That the anxiety that was at work in my mother, in my father, is not at work in me, in Jesus' name. That's how you pray. That's how it works. By the power vested in me. But the last part, 
by the power vested in me by the state of California, I now pronounce you husband and wife. The mechanism of all that, all the power, all the authority, all that, it is outworked by the words you say, by the prayers you pray out loud. God, the God of the universe is omniscient. Omni means everywhere. Shint means like conscience, like consciousness. He is, he is everywhere. Shint, okay? There's an N in there, okay? Everybody chill out. He is omniscient, which means he knows everything. Yes, God knows your thoughts. Yeah, I know, scary. Yes, he does. He knows everything you've ever thought. Even more scary. He knows everything you will ever think. He is omniscient. God and God alone has the attribute of omniscience. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. The powers working against you don't, they can't hear your thoughts. That means they can't hear you when you pray in your head. You gotta pray out loud. When the disciple said, Lord, teach me to pray, he said, when you pray, comma, say. He didn't say, when you pray, think, our Father who art in heaven. When you pray, say. Because it's when you pronounce the principles of the kingdom that things shift. This minister at a wedding has the ability to create something from nothing. By the power vested in me, by the state of California, I now pronounce you husband and wife. Where before there was no union, now there is because I spoke it because of the power and authority that I have. That's what's happening. God creates by speaking. Let there be light and light was. We create by speaking, by praying the principles and the promises of God. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. We're gonna close with this. Acts chapter 19 this is the best. Verses 13 through 17. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, okay? So itinerant means they were traveling around. They were Jewish, so they weren't in the Christian faith, okay? Brand new, the, the church has just been launched. And these itinerant Jewish exorcists, so they would go around casting demons out of people, but not doing it in the power of Jesus, doing it in whatever else, okay? I love this. It says, they took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered, this is the best, and said, hmm, Jesus I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Then the man whom the evil spirit, whom the evil spirit was in, leapt on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. This is the best part. So that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Listen, if you ever get in a fight and you end up naked, you got whooped. Okay? You didn't just lose, you lost bad. They ended up somehow naked. They got beat so bad, naked. And I love this story because they tried the pronouncing part without the alignment and authority part. 
wondering why it's not working. You know, I saw, watched this guy, Paul, just say in the name of Jesus, come out, and then he came out. But they're trying to do it, saying all the right things, using the right words, but not actually aligned under the power. So listen, my prayer and your prayer can be the exact same words. But if you are aligned under the power and I'm not, you're going to see the miracle and I'm not. You're going to be the conduit and I'm not. Because it's not just about the pronouncing and saying the right words. That's the mechanism. But if there's no alignment, then you're going to get your butt kicked and you may end up naked. Okay? And I love it because even this evil spirit, and this, is what, this is how we know that this is the case. The evil spirit recognized the authority of Jesus, said, Jesus, I know. And if you came at me aligned under the power of Jesus, then I'm out. And he even said, and Paul, I know. Which is really interesting because that means that this demonic spirit recognized the authority of the church. Not just God, but those whom God appointed. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who the heck are you? Got punched in the face and now you're naked. Is there alignment? If you hear the same thing over and over and over again here at church, whatever it is, maybe it's join a connect group, but you just, for whatever reason, maybe, and listen, I'm not, I don't want to negate your pain or minimize your past and your, you know, maybe potential betrayals. I don't want to minimize that. But what we do in this church is we do life together. That's how we do it. And if you hear every single week, hey, join a connect group, join a connect, but you're like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Because last time I was in a group, you know, somebody slandered me behind my back. Somebody talked bad about me, spread a rumor about me. It hurt me. I was betrayed. You're not in alignment. And again, I don't want to minimize what you went through because that doesn't make it better. But until you choose to get healing, work through it, and step into alignment, it doesn't matter what you pronounce. It doesn't matter if you're, all your prayers are just the right words and sound just like mine or sound just like, there's no alignment. And so the power can't flow. Every single week, we talk about finance. And if you've been hearing it for years and years and years, it's like, hey, you know what? Good for you guys. I'm not, in, I'm not down with that. You know, I, that, you can do that. that. That's great. I mean, I, whatever. But then also don't get upset when you're praying for things and the power of God's not flowing because there's no alignment. How conductive are you? When we hop to our feet, I want to just pray for us as we close. And I'd love it if you just bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to create a, a moment for you to be honest with yourself and honest with God. And just do a self-assessment. And ask yourself, how conductive are you? How holy are you? To be holy means to be set apart. And listen, I want you to hear me very, very clear. This, it's very easy to, to get this screwed up and to think about this wrong. Holiness is not done in your own strength. 
you, that's the whole point. That's literally the, the center of the Christian message is that you cannot make yourself holy. But if God has come into your life, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, then you are a new creation. Now you have an obligation to change the way you live. You can't live the way you used to live. Paul says that we don't abuse grace. Yes, there is grace without measure. It doesn't matter how many times you screw up, there is grace for you. But that is not a license for you to keep waiting around in the muck that you used to wait around in. The number one marker of a Christian is progress. Period. Period. And it could be from a zero to a one. You know, maybe you've been walking with God forever and you pray for four hours a day and you just upped it to four hours and 15 minutes. Good for you. That's progress too. But it could be, I used to be on drugs every day and my, my zero to a one is I'm leaving that behind. Whatever it is, progress, holiness, to be set apart, to not live the way that the rest of the world lives. Is your life set apart are your decisions governed by the kingdom? Do you plan your life around the things of God? Faith. What do you believe God for? It's easy, it was easy for Peter to be in the boat and believe that he could walk on the water. It's a whole other thing to step out of the boat onto the water. So you can say all day long that you believe he's all powerful, you believe he can do whatever he says, but if, if that doesn't lead to you stepping out of the boat and putting your foot on the water, putting yourself in a position where if the power of God doesn't hold you up, you sink, then you're not conductive. Obedience. If God speaks to you, do you listen? If you know in your heart that God has said to you that there's a relationship in your life that's toxic and you need to walk away from it and you don't, you're not conductive. If you know that he's speaking to you to surrender your finances, to begin to tithe, to obey not conductive? Is there a desire in you? Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are you hungry for God? And so, just again, and just as we close, a moment between you and God. If you're in here tonight and know that you're not as conductive as you could be and want that to change, I want you to be careful when you pray this prayer. If you actually, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you here in a second. And I want you to be mindful. If you raise your hand, that means some, some things have to move around in your world. It's you giving license to God to come in and, and wreck some things. So if you're in here tonight, 
and desire to be more conductive, to see the power of God move in your life in deeper levels, regardless of what that means. Even if it means you have to let go of some things, even if it means you've got to rip down some idols that have been up for generation after generation after generation, then I want you to lift your hand right now and I'll pray for you. God, I thank you for every hand lifted. God, we know that you are our source. We recognize right now that you are all-powerful. You are our righteousness. You are our provider. You are our savior. You are our healer. God, we can't put you in our debt. We can't barter with you. We can't bargain with you. God, we acknowledge that you are the king of kings. We surrender to you right now. And God, I pray over every hand lifted, over every heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, that hungers and thirsts for more of you, God. And God, I pray that this week, in the next three days between now and Sunday, you would do a creative, supernatural miracle in their life as a confirmation sign that you have heard their prayer. God, maybe it's a a physical healing in their body. Maybe pain will leave a a part of their body that's been there for years and years. Maybe it'll be reconciliation, a relationship that they discounted is long gone. Maybe it will be a struggle that's been with them for generation after generation that will break off and instantly, like, like magic, the desire for that thing will no longer be there, God. Maybe it's It'll be a financial miracle. I don't know what it's going to be, God, but I pray for creative miracles as a sign that you hear the cry of their heart, God, and that we at the East Lake campus of Awakened Church will be the most conductive group of people, God, in this entire city. That is your power is hovering about, looking for a way to, to deposit yourself in the earth, that you will have no choice but to go through us, God, that your power must flow through us because we are conductive. God, that your church would not be peripheral to the world, but that the world would be peripheral to the church. Your word says that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be exalted above every other mountain, that nations will flow into it and say, come, let us go up to the house of the Lord and worship. God, may the East Lake campus of Awakened Church be exalted above every other mountain in East Lake. And I don't think it's by mistake that our church is actually physically up on a hill. That our church is physically higher than other places in East Lake. God, we pray that we would see your power. We, we pray that we would see revival. We pray that, that every, God, every wicked principality, every host of wickedness that has been assigned to our city, we go to battle with right now. God, we take on, we take up your armor. We take up the authority given to us, God, and we bind them. We cast them out. We break their power right now in Jesus' name. God, we commit to being people of prayer, God that pray because we know that when we pray, it shifts a region. God, that we're gonna see things change in South San Diego because we pray. 
we're going to see the forces of darkness push back because we will not lower our hands up on the mountaintop. God, I don't care how tired we get. I don't care how, how fatigued we get. God, but we will keep our hands lifted until we see the victory, until we see results in our city. God, I pray in that, that that power, that anointing would rub off on us, God, that we would see the miraculous in our own lives. God, I pray for supernatural miracles in every single family represented here, God. Healings. God, wombs open that have been closed for years and years. Cycles of poverty broken in the name of Jesus. Bodies healed after years and years of brokenness. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.